Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Property Duo Season 2 with Tej Singh and James Sohota. I am glad you're awake, Uncle. It's nice. It's nice to see you as always. Uh, so, James, we are talking today about grafting. Right? Grafting. Grafters. I'm just a hustler, man. Buy and sell. Do what Gary Vee says. Uh, so we're going to talk about that kind of stuff, but we're also going to I don't know. I suppose we're going to share our own experiences of working maybe too hard and also not working hard enough, keeping our focus, but also sometimes losing our focus. And this is less going to be about property. It's more going to be about, I suppose, the mindset and the the bits around property. And of course, we have an awesome uh, guest speaker coming on uh, in about you know, 20, 30 minutes. And he is an absolute, what is he, James? How would you describe him? What's the word? Up the grafters. We got the grafters. Uh, he is a, a very, machine. very absolute hard worker. So we're going to hear different perspectives here. So James, uh, what does the word graft? That's quite an English word, isn't it? What does the word graft mean to you? Um, the word graft means to me getting done what I need to get done to get to where I need to be. Ooh, put that on a t-shirt again. Damn, what, what is it? These, I forget these, you know, it's a good thing it's recorded because I do forget these one-line slogans we always come out with. I can imagine, man, trying to get anything out of you on WhatsApp is like trying to get Arthur's bloody sword out of stone. Takes a hundred, have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got it? And then you get it. You ain't grafting there, are you? Man stepped in the garage one time. So yeah, that that's an interesting perspective. You didn't mention uh, anything to do with it being time-bound. Is it time-bound for you? I think it needs to be a hundred percent. You, your, your graft and your goals need to be time bound because if they're not time bound, what ends up happening is they just carry on going, 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 going and going. And you get to a point where um, you don't actually get it done because resistance kicks in. And when resistance kicks in, Oh, that's that, that's the devil of all. It is. And I think, you know what? Graft is one of these things where like you can, you can be motivated to do something and you know you need to do it. And graft for me, graft is kind of like, I, I think it's one of these words, which means what exactly what you said, but I think there's an argument to be had for discipline because if you're motivated and you like it and you know, you're grafting and you want to do it, you're going to do it right. Because you enjoy it. Like you're going to do it. Mm. If you don't really want to do it. You're not motivated, but you know you have to. And it's that kind of graft part, you know, where you have to, to get to where you want to go. I think discipline comes into it more than motivation because who wants to put in 50 offers and get one accepted? We do it to get one accepted, not because we love putting 50 offers in. Yeah, we got to love the process and all this shit, but I don't know, discipline. James, what, what are your views on like where discipline intersects with growth? Mate, I, I think discipline is massive. Motivation is very, very good, but motivation runs out. You know, come February, come March, motivation is going to be gone. A lot of people are going to just slide back off, be back to where they were. And the only thing that's going to keep you there is discipline and the habits that you create. 
And you create those habits through discipline. So doing things daily, you know, um, I'll give you an example, like say, say for running, I don't, at the moment I'm injured, so I'm relaxing, but running, I don't particularly enjoy it, you know, but I know it's good for me. I know it's a good discipline. Yes. There's times in the week when you have massive motivation, but then when there's, when the motivation isn't there to get out of bed, what is, it's the discipline that you set for yourself. And it's those little steps that you tell yourself you must go through because you know you're going to have an awesome day if you get the run in. You know you're going to have an awesome day because you're going to be fully energetic. And you know you're working on your health, which again should be a number one priority for most people. So for me, motivation lasts a little while and it does run out. You know, and you can give it a kickstart by listening to some great motivational stuff like saying, you should get up at 4 a.m. and do this and do that. But there comes a point where you look out your window and you think it's minus three and Mr. Motivator has gone to bed, mate. And that's where Mr. Discipline Man comes out and kicks your ass. I agree. I think the discipline is is hard to build, but sometimes it's like it's like that thing. You're in bed, it's 6 a.m., maybe 4 a.m. in your case, and it is cold outside. I don't go outside for exercise, but you know, you still are just like, eh, you know, you're in your comfort zone, your body, everything is kind of saying to you, naturally it's saying to you, just sit the hell down and chill out, dude. Like we got nothing to do. Right. But your discipline, your, it's kind of like a non-emotional, non, it's just, it's kind of like clockwork. It's like, okay, well it's six. I get up now. So I'm getting up now. It's not even like, oh, you know what? Let's get up and do it. It's just like, no, no, this is when I get up. Just like, you know, I drink two liters of water a day. It's a fact. This is when you get up. And that is really hard to build, maintain, and then also kind of, con- well, yeah, continue, especially in months or days or years or times when, you know, say winter, I mean, for running in summer, I'm sure at 4am it's it's a lot easier, right? Because you're like, yeah. oh, sort of sun's up. Let's, it's kind of warmish. It's, it's lovely at that time. Mm. Let's go and get it. That's when motivation kicks in. But I think discipline is something that, especially in property, people don't talk about. I've rarely seen a post, and this is inspiration for us, that talks about like, it talks about motivation, but I've never seen someone say, apart you know, apart from like famous Americans like David Goggins or whatever, like you need to have discipline. You need to be regimented like the army. And at this time you do this. And I think like there's a benefit there for people who have maybe been in the military or in any service where you have to be so disciplined Cause it's just like, you have no choice. You get up or you're fucked. Like mm. it's as simple as that. And you know, with graph, James, has there been a point or even just hard work in general where you have overdone it? Oh yeah, most definitely, man. You get, you know, you know, when you've overdone it because you become really irritable, you don't really want to talk to anybody. Everything you do becomes a chore. Um, and I think, yeah, you need to know when to just say, look, stop. Let's just get out of this. Give you an example. For example, when you were writing your e-learning. Now, I know because I spoke to you a few times, you were working around the clock to get that done. You know, Mm. some serious graph. But could you maintain that level of work seven days a week for a year? Never. You know, because it was huge amounts of work that went into it. And I think... I think there does it comes to a point when graft can get too much and people need to realize the difference between work and graft because you can just be grafting away. You might just be sending emails. You might just be doing something like this. For me, if it's not getting me closer to where I need to be, that's not grafting. That's an admin task, you know, and you can get somebody else to do that for you. Mm. I think an overworking 
you know what you do i think your body and your mind give you signs that you're overworking but i think whether or not we recognize it and heed these warnings is a different story right like it's easy to kind of get those signs and be like oh well oh you know i didn't sleep well today or oh you know i didn't exercise so maybe that's why or oh it's just another day and then you keep making excuses day after day after day like oh it's just this it's just that or whatever uh or you just say look i'm an entrepreneur this is part of the journey you don't actually realize yes it is you know part of the journey you will burn out it will happen sometimes when you have a passion so strong it's it's normal for it to happen although it shouldn't be you you kind of reach a point where you have to step back, look, analyze and say, hmm, are these things normal? Ask someone who you live with, ask someone who you speak to regularly, check in with yourself, right? Do do meditation, be mindful, whatever it is, and just, just kind of self-discover, you know, am I am I being someone that I'm not? And what has created this? Because if you burn what is it burn the candle at both ends yeah, yeah burning the candle at both there ends. ain't gonna be any you know any wax left it's just gonna be a pile of you know yeah nothingness and, and smoke and that's not what you want because in order to reach what you want to reach well like james said was his definition of graft you have to be able to reach it and what's the point if james is in bed ill four days of the week because he's hustled so hard for the other few days of the week it doesn't make sense james when you overworked in the past how did you like how did you recover? How did you get through it? Just switch off, switch everything off, man. Just switch off, do something that's, uh, you know, get on the couch, get a Netflix box series on, eat what you want to eat, run yourself a nice bath. You know, for the last two weeks, I've been trying to have a soak in the bath. I'm a shower person, you know, and I haven't just, Mm. I just haven't had the time. And you think to yourself, what, I haven't got 40 minutes to myself or half an hour to myself. I can sit in the bath and read a book or listen to a podcast, but you get so, so, so busy. And when you're overworked, I think you just need to say, look, stop finish job done or you hustle monday to friday you work your nuts off saturday sunday you do nothing you know you don't do a social post you don't even look at social because little things as looking at social can make you think oh fuck man i'm not working hard enough i haven't got a post that this guy's killing it you know the vanity matrix of watching people get more followers i always say it's a vanity matrix because because uh, it is you know people look at it and they think oh man i want to build my following no it's not about building your following how are you converting those people to do something for you at the end of the day man if you're burnt take a break man what happens when there's a fire a fireman comes along and puts a load of water on it and cools it down right same thing with you man if you're on fire go cool yourself down get yourself in a nice bath relax go for a walk i think we've discussed this before just going out into nature sometimes the answer's there in front of your face man you know just watching some ducks eat some bread or going to feed the ducks bread can be i don't massive. think ducks are supposed to eat bread people so please please feed them appropriate food thanks yeah well you, know, you poison them yeah my son finds it funny to throw ducks on the bread on their right. head and watch them yeah anyway um so yeah just doing little things like that a little walk a little walk in mud putting your feet on nature on grass you know feeling one with the world i know it's all mumbo jumbo to some people but i think it actually really really does work yeah and if you're listening to us in the bath right now hello and if you're listening to us on a nature walk look up wherever you are standing right now look up look around you and just notice be present and notice what's going on. Yeah, take a, really a deep breath. breath. Take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, and just just appreciate what's there. Because what's there is what's real. You know, you don't know what's coming, and you can't go back into the past. So you're here for the moment. And it's nice to kind of get your mind off stuff, just 
being very present and very kind of blank, I suppose, I always find when I come back, I'm refreshed, but also I'm like, that problem that I was trying to solve, sitting here, racking my brain, getting overworked, acutely overworked, when I just went out and thought about literally nothing and just stared at some animals or some trees, I come back and I'm like, okay, that's how I need to do it. What the hell? It was so obvious, literally in front of my face. Um, but you know what? It, it, I think the nature thing is something that, and that people can do every day or the mindfulness is something people should do every day to prevent overworking. If you can give yourself five, 10, 50, however many minutes a day of doing whatever the hell you like, yeah. It doesn't matter the next man on Instagram saying, I work 24 seven and I never watch TV and I've got a personal chef and someone who does my cleaning and someone who takes me out of bed and listen, they'll chat shit anyway. Do whatever you want to do. Like in the mornings, I spend five minutes just looking out the front window because we have so many like natural birds, all sorts, just they're just singing along and they're having the time of their bloody life. I wish I was a freaking blue tit sometimes. Um You are. <laughs> you got a blue um, yeah. you got a blue t shirt on and you're a tit. <laughs> more of a yellow tit normally uh but i think going on to my point there about what other people are doing james i think us being very active on social media and more and more people being active there's maybe a warning to give which is as you get more active and you post more you're probably going to consume more and scroll more and see other people and follow inspirational people right of course you know like like james sahota like you know gary v whatever all these big names now talks you know so i think that it's easy to look at these people. I mean, we've got a whole podcast on this, James, and think, oh, but they don't take a break. I literally see them always hustling. Oh my God, they bought another, pro- they bought another property. They, they finished a re, oh my God, I haven't even like got out of bed at this time. And something important to say is, this is a negative saying, but I don't think it is, is stay in your lane. Now, mm. James has kids. Does that mean that I have, who doesn't have kids, more free time than him or more time in a day to myself. Of course it does. Right, James? Like hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and, sometimes I get, I get annoyed at myself because I can't do, you know, I've got a social media calendar where I should be posting, but then I've also got a four-year-old and a 10-year-old that need my attention too, you know, and I've got things to do. And obviously I need to attend to my mum as well. So, you know, these little things, like Ted said, it's very, very important to do an assessment of yourself Work out what you've got in your life because with Ted, he's there. He has no children, so he has a lot more free time. I have kids. I have things I need to deal with, so I don't have that free time. So very, very important to stay in your lane. It is, and and to recognize what James said there, which is you are in your own situation. Like if someone is, for example, 21, single, live at home. Um, oh, I missed that life. Joking. They've got all the time in the world to potentially be growing a business. Now, it's not to say that everyone who's 21 and single has all the time in the world, but look at the factors there. They have no dependents, they have no bills, they have no rent to pay. They have all the time that they need to achieve what they need. Now, if you're double, triple that age and you've got a mortgage, you've got bills, you've got dependents, you've got things and you've got even a day job, you are not going to be at the same pace as that person. You can work as smart. Everyone likes to say, oh, I didn't work hard. I work smart. And <laughs> that's great. You can work smart. But guess what? If you give me three hours and you give you one hour, you know, arguably, if I'm a bit of a doofus, yeah, you might do more than me. But the chances are I'm going to do a lot more than you in three hours. Let's say agent phone calls. Factually, 
I'm making more calls in three hours than you're making in one. That's, that's a fact. There's, there's no, there's no two ways about it. So you have to look at your own situation and don't look at someone else who's got X many factors that don't affect you or do affect you. You know, if you look at people who are similar to you and say, actually, they're similar age, they're, they're doing similar things to me. Oh, we both work in this job. We both have Saturdays off. Then I, I can kind of see why maybe people would compare more because, well, it makes sense, right? Like we like to compare as humans, we need a comparison level. But, and also James, one thing that I'm guilty of, and I don't know if you are, I'm guilty of forgetting how long someone has been in say property. So oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You interview someone and you're like, oh my God, they're doing, you know, half a million pound deals like every month. And some people are, and, but then you forget, oh, hold on a minute. You've been here for seven years. Yeah. Right? You've done, you've done all this background work. You've been through the realms, you've went through the ranks, you've got the war wounds and all that, you know? And it's, it's easy to look at that and they'll say, yeah, I've been here for seven years, but you don't hear that. All you hear is that much profit a month, that much a year. And you just think, you know, why is my, you know, and it's like comparing your day 10 to their year four. Mm. it doesn't but you know what it's really hard james i mean do you find yourself comparing yourself to people or kind of looking and thinking why am i not doing that yeah you know what i think it's human nature ted it's human nature to look at people and think you know what oh man i should be posting more content and for me that's at the moment that's my biggest problem but then i think to myself okay i'm managing a you know 170 grand refurb so that takes up a bloody long time. Yesterday, I spent nearly three hours measuring blinds because they need to be perfect because I'm ordering them from the manufacturer, you know? So little things like that, you don't factor in that you've actually got quite a lot going on. So you don't have that spare time. And like you said, you know, people say, oh, hustle till it's done, get it all done. Sometimes it's not viable and you need to accept that. And for me, the biggest problem for me was accepting that my time is limited and that I can't do something that somebody else can do. But yeah, I think you're 100% right. You do look at other people and you think to yourself, you know what, I should be posting more content. You know, and I think you said it to me before. You said, James, you should be posting more content. I'm like, Ted, I've got to go bath my kid. Ted, <laughs> i got to go look after my other kid. You know, so I think, I think, like Ted said, stay in your lane. Know what your end goal is and cut out all the shit, man. You know, look at it as, say it's a tube map, yeah? You know, you can go from one destination to the next destination in a quick route, or you could go all the way around the bloody houses. If your time is limited, you need to know the fastest route from going to A to B. I agree. And I think that's where the kind of working smart versus working hard comes in. Why can't we do both? You know, why can't we work smart, but also work hard? And like, you know, things take time, right? Like I look at my to-do list at the end of the day and they're all done or they're mostly done. And I think, did that task really take like two or three hours? Yeah. And even yeah. if it's like analyzing a deal, you know, looking at auction catalogs, putting things into, which is kind of what I'm doing now, it takes time because you're using processing power to mm. work the figures out, to do the research. And, you know, that can't be rushed. Yes, there's there's a tools that can, you know, collate it for you and VAs who can make it easier, which is what we should do. And I know you do very well, but some things just take time and I think, you know, this culture of like over hustle, overwork, it just feels very Silicon Valley, very American, very like, you know, oh, I've got to make it. I'm just a small town kid. You know, I've got to make it big and all this sh boring shit these Americans come out with. So I think it can be a bit toxic. I think, I think it's double edged, right? You've got the mm. positive, which is, well, 
you know, I need to kick up the ass. Let me do more. But then you also need the, well, where's the limit? And where do you stop? If you're spending 12 hours a day working, no time with your family, what's your priority? Where, you know, is that what you want to do? Or is that what you feel forced to do? James, when you're in your own business, do you think it's harder to kind of avoid comparing yourself like to other people's hard working? Or do you think when you're in a job, it's harder because you sort of in a situation where you can't match it? No, I think when you're in a job, mate, it's, it's a safety blanket. You know, you know, if you've had a bad, you could have 17 bad days in the month and you know, you're at the end of the month when paycheck comes, the paycheck's still going to be the same. It's not going to be reflective of your performance, you know, whereas, you know, when you're hustling yourself, if you've had a bad month, yeah, you could probably afford to have a few days or maybe a week in your month bad or not as productive. But if you had four weeks as a business owner bad, you know, shit isn't going to get done. Shit isn't going to, you know, things are not going to happen. So I feel when you're running your own show, it's, it's a lot more, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're comparing yourself a lot more as well because, you know, you want to get to somewhere, you know, and things don't happen as quickly because people forget when you work for an organization, that organization has done all the groundwork. That's quite an established business. It's got the business coming in. It's quite well grounded. You're trying to get to that level and create something new, whereas this organization could have been going for 10, 15, 20 years. So I feel when you're working for yourself, it's hugely important to get yourself structured properly, man. And my calendar, for example, yeah, I have certain blocks in my calendar where I will only do certain things. So I was really bad for emails. You know, I'd answer them any time during the day. So now in the morning, 8.30 to 9.30 is email time. And then 4.30 to 5 in the afternoon is a response time, unless it's something massively urgent. Because you can waste your whole day on emails. You know what it's like. Back and forwards, back and forwards, back and forwards. Or if you've got admin tasks, say, for example, I've got all these forms that need to be filled in for PCS Legal. And I don't want I've, – I've allocated a time on my diary just for admin work so I know, okay, this is now – working on the business this is working on the goal this is working on the vision and then at the bottom there i've got the time in the evening i need to stop i need to spend time with my wife because that's what i wasn't doing you know even if you break your day up and you think you know what i've allocated two hours to my family here that two hours is massively important um because you know you can't ultimately most people are doing this for their family and doing it for freedom you don't want to get 10 years down the line and you forgot your kids growing up or you forgot to form a relationship with your loved one. Cause I'm massively, massively guilty of that. So I would say get yourself something that allows you to get yourself organized. Don't have too many things on your to-do list. You should only have three priorities for the day. What is your three highest priorities for the day? And then just have a kind of a bullet point list of what you need to get done and be easy on yourself. You know, if your list has only got four things on it, so be it. And don't underestimate time. My wife always says to me, she goes, you are really, really bad at underestimating time. You know, you've got a task you think it's going to take. Like, for example, Ted, the blind task. I thought I'll be in and out in an hour. And then you shit, nah, man, I've got to work out the tolerances. I've got to do this. I was there three hours marking things with masking tape. And then you look at your to-do list and you think, oh, man, I've only got fucking three things done today. What the hell is going on? And I don't know if you're the same, but I feel really bad. I feel 
I feel like I've failed and I beat mm. myself up about it. Like last night, I was up till three o'clock trying to figure out some some integration shit with HubSpot. And I know I can't leave it during the day because it will consume so much time. So you think, you know what? It's a I'll bit more it. tricky than a fax machine, isn't it? The te- techno <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Yeah it's, yeah, it's trickier, man. Yeah. You know, it comes easier to you. You know what? You take the piss out of me, but it's on the same millennial generation. I fit in that generation. So don't try it. 82. Oi, oi. <laughs> Anyway, the groovy 80s, yeah. So, so you know, if your time is limited, I, I strongly suggest, you know, make sure you're working on your priorities only and get yourself organized, man. Get yourself structured. That's the biggest advice. Don't leave things to chance. Make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, really good points. The one about, like, underestimating time, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm so like, oh, yeah, we'll analyze that in like half an hour. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh. and then you feel bad because then I'm like, oh, I've got to eat. I got to cook, got to do this. And I'm like, oh my God, what's adulting I got to do? And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, and you come are, back are you, to like, are you ever, do you ever work through a task head and you get annoyed at the task because it's taking so long in your oh, head? You're yeah, thinking, yeah. You fucking form this. Why are you asking me this stupid question about yeah. fixtures? You, and you're like, now I've got to scan it. Now I've got to send it back. Then I've got to put a copy in the post. I've got to go to the post office. You know, and I get, what, are you, what are you filling in here? Because I do those forms digitally and I like I do them on um, Acrobat Reader or whatever. I send them off. I never even print them. I never post them. What are you doing? Oh, I normally I normally have a no mate, I file away. Digital signature on Adobe and send it, mate. Bloody fine. Ask yeah. them. Yeah, we use the same bloody solicitor. I do it all the time. Oh, <laughs> I've right, got loads yeah. of them. I never print them. Are you mad? All, all those trees you're killing, bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Like, and I think it's a balance of like, you know, do you feel bad? Do you be self-critical? Yes, to an extent, but then you can't do it too much because you'll never be happy, but you have to kind of keep the discipline and motivation. Up. It, it's really tricky. And I think if you quit your job, like, and I think we've got a great podcast with Tina Collins on this. Mm. When you quit your job, one of the things you have to have is the structure is the safety kind of thing for your own mental health, where you say, okay, you know, I'm new to this. If I don't get this done today, like I would have in a job, that's fine. We'll roll. But then you also have to make sure that you don't keep doing that and letting yourself go. It, it's really tricky to have the balance. And I think Mia James can't really give any advice on that because it's so personal, right? It's like, how much can you tolerate from yourself? Mm. And how much do you want to tolerate? And how much, how much of a chance do you want to give yourself without taking the piss and doing nothing? You know? you know what before before we uh go on to our special guest i want to add a couple of things that i put down in my journal yesterday which i think are quite relevant to what we're talking about here so resistance will stop you from taking action okay resistance will stop you doing things you need to do resistance kills greatness resistance is your greatest enemy so you know we were talking about things that will stop you doing stuff and I feel I feel resistance is massive and people need to realize that every day when you're working on your goal there is going to be huge amounts of resistance stopping you you know like you might say oh you know what let me just adjust the settings on my mic oh you know what let me just clear my backlog on my on my cloud drive oh you know what let me just clean my office this is all resistance that your brain is doing to stop you from going forward and doing what you need to do. And the minute you can identify what resistance is, you're winning, mate. You are 100% winning and you can say, hey, hey, Mr. Resistance, stay the way, stay away. You know, like that saying, bad energy, stay far away. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what you got to do, man. Cool. Is our guest, is our raver. Carry on. 
So, Craig, we are talking about uh, hustle or graft or hard work today. And it's something you're kind of known for. It's something your your catchphrase is kind of about, um, as well as raving to old school dance and house music. You are also known for, <laughs> for property. So what does what does graft, what does hard work, what does it mean to you? So grafting, I'm always saying it's all about the graft. So big up the grafters, because for me, it's all about going that extra 10, 5, 10, 20% in order to get where you want to want to be. You can, you can sit back and just wait for things to happen, or you can go out and earn it, go out and get it. Um, and that's basically what I'm about. And um, yeah, I, I can't just sit about and, and watch watch stuff unfold I, I, I want to make it happen and, and grafting is all about doing that and that's whether that's learning whether that's being physical uh, whether that's education it's just progress whether it's baby steps or leaps and bounds mm. it's just yeah it, it just appeals to everyone I think so that's why yeah big up the grafters is quite a, a powerful um like proverb because yeah everyone relates to it uh, in some way shape or form I love it. Proverb. That's such a good way to describe it. I love that. And that extra 10 or 20%, do you think everyone is capable? I got two questions here. Is everyone capable of exerting that extra? And two, do the majority of people put that extra effort in? Is everyone capable? Absolutely. Um, does every, does, is everyone, well, is everyone capable? Yes. Does everyone, everyone do it? No, I think it is a mindset as well. And that's another thing. I think a graph that is a is a mindset because you you want you've got to want that progress some people are either lazy they're arrogant they're ignorant um or they're content which is which is totally fine um the grafter mindset i believe goes to people who, who are not content they want to better themselves um and and they want to strive forward so so yeah it's, it's it is applicable um to everyone if if they want it um, just you know you said there about being content how do you and you may not but how do you balance having some contentment i.e i'm happy you know with family friends life house car whatever but also then being like yeah but i want to do x many things more how do you personally balance that because mentally it's a bit of a trick because you're like i want to be happy with what i have i want to be grateful but i'm also like nah i want to 10 exit so how, how do you balance that so yeah, it's all about being happy, but never content. So I'm I'm happy with what I've got now. Don't get me wrong. I'm absolutely, I'm happy where I am, but I just want to keep going because I, I don't know why I just can't keep still. Um, and I don't know, I, I get anxiety because I think, well, if, if I'm not moving forward and I'm just still, then someone somewhere is going to leapfrog me and and because and, and, that's in essence what i've done hey craig i just wanted to add there you know that anxiety it normally kicks in when you when you move in with a significant other you know i can't sit still either i want to run away <laughs> i'm jumping about you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's it mate exactly that and, um, yeah i'm glad the missus in the other room she'd, she'd have something to say about that i'm sure but um but yeah, I, I was just saying. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I am happy, but just never content. I always want to better myself. Like I'm, I'm I want to leave a legacy, guys. Like I'm sure both of you do as well. Like, and I want to set an example. I've got a little bun in the oven at the moment, and when, when she pops out, like I said, I, mean, I thought you were baking bread. I was like, what flour did you use? Oh, no, you don't you don't know about these lines, do you? <laughs> you, you got, got bread on the mind. So yeah, so when I, when uh, when little 
when my uh, little girl pops out and and she's old enough to like I don't know just to grasp the real world and she she like asks her so oh so what does dad do at least then and she's got social media she can look back and see the progress and and the work and obviously she's she's living with me so she sees behind the scenes she sees like all the stresses she says she sees the good bad and the ugly ultimately living with me um and so and so yeah I think it's, it's about being happy but just not content and just keep on going because that's what I want her for her to do as well just, just keep on going um because I just want to make her and everyone that knows me proud I guess that's that's the end goal Craig I just want to pick up on something that you said there where you said you know um people have the ability to do this but some some people won't because they might be lazy their ego kicks in i read a quite quite an interesting statistic there the other day in a book i think it was and it said you know what only three percent of the people that go into their own hustle actually make it to any kind of level of success so you know when you're looking around at people hustling it is only a very small amount of people that get out and actually create something fantastic. So, you know, people get confused and think, oh, you know what? It must be a massive statistic. It, I was shocked to see that it was actually a very, very small statistic compared to the general public on what people do. And most people, like you said, are just content plodding from day to day, having the wage, having a job. Uh, you know, I've got nothing against the nine to five. I think it's great if it works for you. But it's a very small minority of people that will actually step up and say, you know what? I need to change myself. I need to change my life. Oh, I totally back that 100%. And I'm, I'm surprised as well that it's so small. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, you guys will know we're on Instagram and our community is is powerful. Like there's so many people doing big things that do, do not think. And so mm. um, obviously there's people that, that, that kind of, um, yeah, kind of like smokes and mirrors with that, which, which is a separate subject. But the people that we know of and we see the progress like yourselves, um, and, and yeah, it's it's a fantastic community because you are an environment of who of, of who you surround yourself with, right? That's what they say. So um, so yeah, Instagram is powerful for that. And, and when you hone in and when you network and and, and Ted, you, you're always on like you're you're going to like Dugard's projects. You're going to all these luxury mm. uh, like Mark from Arc Develop and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I'm still yet to come and see mine. I know James has. <laughs> James has been to HQ. Listen, yeah. mate, I only do zone one, super prime, baby. If it ain't worth a meal, I ain't there. You know what I'm saying? I'm... Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Craig, uh, I wanna, you, you mentioned about graft, yeah? I want to ask yeah. you, when you were, was there something you saw as a child or something in your upbringing that made you think, you know what, graft is what you need to put in? Was there an example set for you, something around the family or whatever? Yeah, so, I mean, you, uh, when we did a podcast together, um, James, didn't we? And, and you touched upon that as well. And, oh, and you I, were my first guest. I know, mate. I know. I know. It was, it was, it was an honour, mate. It was an absolute first honor. guest, always a guinea pig, though, the pilot episode. Oh, yeah, look, 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 look at him. Look at him. He's, <laughs> he's just jealous. Look. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, for me, I've, ju- I've just seen my dad as a mentor. And, and for him, he's he's up at the crack of dawn. He's out. And I've seen him build up wealth through property. Um, and, and, guys, I mean, I, I, some of you may know, but I actually went to the worst school in England. And that, as a wow. mindset, is is a is, is is something in itself. It's like because you're you're stuck in a yeah you're going to the worst school in England. So when you're going to that school, education um, and all the rest of it is um, it, it, you just don't think about it. I was there like anyone, just thinking about girls, football, and having a laugh with your mates. 
that that's all that happened in that school and, and there was like fights do you reckon your dad stuck you in that school as a laugh or just <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he, he stuck me that i went to that school by default because that was the only school in the area that had places left and so mm-hmm. i i because we moved to the area because my dad wanted to make a bit of money on on his house so he saw this opportunity and uh He'll be like, yeah, you'll be all right, Craig. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, I went to the worst school in England. So you but... knew, so you knew no one in there. So you're the fresh, fresh fish just being landed in. Just no one in, in there, mate. No oh, one in there. Just... Was it rough? Like, were people getting mashed up every day? Mate, it was so rough. Like, literally, I was surrounded by dr- drugs, crime, poverty. Um, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. Like the people that were year eleven when I was in year seven. You know, we like, oh, you look at the hardest kids in school, mm. mate. Half of them are like known gangsters and they're banged up now like they're 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 big time and um because basically where the school is it's off just off like a a council estate like a a big council estate um yeah it was called the ramsey school i mean and those that want to check up if you type in the ramsey school the worst school in england there's actually an article that says um yeah while i was there it was officially statistically the worst school in england um i think only five percent of the school left with five or more GCSEs wow. where the average is were you one of them <laughs> no, I did all right I did all right yeah, yeah I did all right you were part of that five percent yeah no no I was all right now I was one of the all right ones um so yeah, how did you I, stay all right like how did you like how being surrounded by all of this yeah I know it's mad well you you just had to just try and hone in like how you just have to random for example gents like if if certain individuals didn't want to go to like a, a maths lesson, do you know what they used to do? Just walk up to the fire alarm, pop. That's it. The yeah, whole we had that school, in high school actually. Yeah, the whole school had to evacuate. Um, and 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 as well, what we used to do is because we like some of our my best friends had uh, older brothers that were in year eleven. So what we we used to like throw oranges and stuff at them during break and thinking, oh yeah, we get away with it. The, these guys are nutters. So what they used to do is they used to get hold of our timetable find out what class we were in and they'd wait outside our class and then like as like so look number knows to us we've just had a french lesson and then they're there like a whole crew of them like they're just giving us dead legs and everything and like oh mate it was mad and that, that, was, your, that was your day-to-day that literally that was it like every day wow. was, uh, was a survival class. man and wow. the teachers couldn't really do anything like as much as they tried again you're, you're, you're with you're dealing with these criminals and literally yeah you, to look at them now you'd think jesus christ i wouldn't want to meet them but to them that to us at the time and this is the sad thing they were kind of like role models because that's mm-hmm. what the school promoted it was all about being the hardest being getting the most respect and in that type of school that that's what you had to be like and i had a few tuffles don't get me wrong um and i did boxing and stuff like that which helped massively in a school like that but uh, but yeah, that that that's kind of the mindset. So I had to get out of there. Like, and my dad was exactly the same. So that's why my dad pulled me on sites like when I was young. Because if I was hanging around with those kind of kids, God knows where I'd be now. Do you know what I mean? So so yeah, I owe, I owe a lot to my dad for for yeah, kind of seeing that and bringing me on site and teaching me and yeah, saying look, if you want something, you have to go out and earn it. And to earn it, you have to do an honest living. To honestly, you have to graft. Just and and that's what it kind of broke broke down into. Hmm. And, you know, does it get easier over time? So obviously the, the amount you work can, you know, is dependent on you. But for someone who's listening, who's just starting in property after a year or two, in your opinion, does it get kind of 
easier to do the tasks you need to do to achieve what you need to do? Does it get easier to graft? Does it get easier to graft? I would say yes, but there's a, there's a smart element to that. So I'm at that stage now where I, during my twenties, I was just like relentless. So I, from, so from uni, I then moved to London for where I had a placement with the Walt Disney company. So during that time I was working on my placement. I then had a job on the weekends and on the evenings with Ted Baker in Westfield. Oh, hello. And, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then around that, I had a, a side hustle, just like selling like men's clothing and stuff. Um, like nothing branded or anything like that. It was just literally like um, like really nice fitted shirts and, and jeans and stuff. So, so yeah, I had like three streams of income coming in, and and that's what got me to say. But I think that's what you've got to be if you're if you're starting from nothing, like coming out of uni with no job. You've got to build up that credit score. You've got to build up the income. Um, and that will, and as long as you put in the work, and don't get me wrong, I was still going out and stuff like that, but it's about being smart and, and also grafting. And then once you've got the tools, um, which my dad taught me again, which is a massive advantage, then you could just kind of crack on because you've got the income streams coming in. You, you've got the, um, you've got the skill set with the, the, um, the building side. So you just need like the strategy. So what do you want to do? Student HMOs, what do you want to do? Buy to lets, flips. So once you've honed in on that, it's just going for it and, and, and using that as your North Star and not being distracted, like going away or spending it on flash cars or watches and just sticking to it. And, and you stick to it. The longer you stick to it, obviously, and you compound it, that's another key element. You just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And then before you know it, you're kind of in a really like content, like, um, like yeah, in a content place, which some people stop at or some people keep going. And I'm I'm now I'm just keep going, but yeah, it gets easier because you get smarter, you build up more contacts, you build up more trust, and you you become more experienced. And ultimately, with experience, you can then create systems, um, and then, and then scale, and then hope, and then yeah, the aim of the game is to um, yeah make sure it gets easier because you don't want to be grafted until you're 80 years old because like yeah it, that that would be a painful life to live. But I think while you're young, fit, healthy, hungry, go for it, just absolutely smash it out of the park. And, and have no regrets. And then by the time you're like in your mid thirties or, or mid thirties, then you can kind of chill out and then, um, and then, yeah, kind of plan your life going forward. I love what you said there, Craig, about staying in your lane. Cause um, you know, me and me and Ted were talking about that a little while ago, just before we got you on here. And I think it's very, very easy to kind of divert off that lane. And you know what, I'm pretty guilty of it myself. Cause we've discussed this a few times you know, issues with student HMOs. We've talked about this before. And it's made me slightly divert off my lane. And you think to yourself, you know what? If you speak to the wrong people or if the wrong information is coming into your head, you could quite easily just divert off. And all it takes is a little diversion off your track for long enough. And before you know it, flipping hell, you've gone boomerang and you're back where you started, you know? So Mm -hmm. how important do you think it is for people just to remain completely focused and not, would you say have one or two, three things they should be looking at or just have one particular thing and become a master at it? Well, I mean, I'll talk from personal experience. So as you know, I've stuck to student HMOs. Like, that's it. I don't know anything about essays, never tried it. I, obviously, I know stuff about it, but I've never tried it. Um, buy to let, let's, I, I, yeah, I, I haven't dabbled in. Don't so, say anything bad about those. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who would want to do them? Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, but student HMOs, um, that's all I know. And I've stuck to that and I've become a master in that. But again, it, it comes down to 
your education, your niche, and, and the opportunity that you see. And, and for me, above everything, it was the opportunity. I'd, I've never been on a course, as you guys know. Um, I've just literally self-taught and, and took action the whole way through and, and learned from my mistakes um, and, yeah, sharpened up where I've need, needed to. But, but yeah, I, I, absolutely, mate. If you listen to the wrong person, that could be absolutely detrimental. And to the point where even right at the start of my career, I was in the corporate world at Disney and I had a, a manager who I respected unbelievably because I, I was like a sponge in that corporate environment. And I, like, again, I'm just a Ramsgate school kid who come from the worst school in England. I've gone to uni. I've now landed a job at the Walt Disney Company. So this is a big thing for me. So I didn't want to fuck this up and I just wanted to be the best at what I wanted to do. And there was a guy there called Mohammed Mugrabi and he's an absolute legend. Um, and he was a manager at the Walt Disney Company um, selling the content. And I was, again, his people skills was on point. He he would get the best price for everyone loved him. And, and it was something that, yeah, anyway. And um, I said to Mo, Mo, look, I've, I've got this property. I've seen it at auction. I'm going to go for it. Um, would you ever come on in on me and stuff like that? Like honest conversation. And, and again, he didn't know. He didn't know that education. He didn't see the opportunity. And he said, look, Craig, look, if I was you, I'd focus on your career and you're doing well, et cetera, et cetera. And if I would have listened to it, like with all due respect, mm. if I would have listened to him, then who knows where I'd be right now? Do you know what I mean? But I Mo didn't, could I have messed you up. He could have, but, but in, all, in all due respect, I know he had the best intentions, mm. but the best thing is when I see him now, he's like, Craig, I wish I invested in you. I, invest, <laughs> I, I respect that even more. And I think he respects that I went against his decision on this occasion and I've proved myself. You know what? I think it's it's really important to protect your space and and protect what information you let in. You know, because somebody like you just said, example of Mo, there he could have the best intention, be the nicest guy, but his whole money education or his educational investment could all be so wrong that one ounce of wrong advice could have kept you in Walt Disney. And you know, we wouldn't have the property apprentice, we wouldn't have the grafter, we wouldn't have the fucking famous TikToker. You know, and we wouldn't be doing this today. So big up the Mo. Big up Mo, yes. <laughs> Big up the grafters uh, for ignoring Mo, but um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, exactly that. And and I still I still look back, just thinking, Jesus, imagine if I missed that auction. Imagine if I just said, you know what, Mo's right. I should just focus, stay in London, um, and, and go from there. Because that, so so you know, I was working in London, then I went back to Gillingham where this house was and, and created the the student thing. So I could have, in, in in the greatest of respect, I could have just said, you know what, I'm just going to stay in London. Uh, and live this corporate life but I said hell no and just went with your gut so so yeah it, it can definitely change so that's why you've got to be careful be very very careful what information you let in James exactly bang on I think it's also quite tricky at the start because someone you might look up to like Mo someone who you value their opinion and what they do you may not have the confidence like to see it's a good deal or to kind of just believe that it's going to work and you don't go for it and that can keep happening because you ask Mo you ask this you ask them they're, they ain't got a bloody clue. You know more than them, but yeah. your confidence is so lacking. You latch on to their confident. No, I wouldn't bother with that. No property. What a joke. And it stops you from becoming a hard worker. Uh, Craig, have you ever felt burnt out or overworked? Yes. Oh, many times. Yeah. Um, summers, summers for me are, are the, are, are the burnout. Like it's literally from, from July to September is my burn like I Matt it's like oh god I dread it I absolutely dread those months because I buy project projects from like now until say like April May and then obviously 
the time that they're finished, I have to get the deadline is September. So I'm on site, I'm doing staging, decorating, building furniture, you name it, as well as drafting other people, as well as managing other things, as well as managing a HMO company as well. So so absolutely don't for me the, the July to September is 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 mad. It, it's a mad And time. are you doing anything to, to systemize it, outsource it, stop it? Yes. So I to be fair, back in 2019, I had a, a quite a chilled one in comparison. But this year, because I see so much growth, like I bought like seven houses it, like in 2020. So um, but yeah, it, I, I did scale, but sorry, I did um, delegate and outsource and it was great. But the rate at which I scaled, it was just like, I, I don't have enough people to train. And because and, that's a good part of it, isn't it? Is you have to make sure that as you scale, that you scale at the right pace. Or if you, if you scale like, 100 mile an hour then you've got the the resource to help do that i didn't i was just going 100 mile an hour and uh <laughs> hoping people would would uh kind of pick up the slack which they did but it was stressful it was like yeah like 15 hour days um and to the point where yeah i, I was exhausted I was, I was leaving at like the crack of dawn 6 a.m coming back at like nine o'clock and just literally just crashing out Craig, when you've when you've experienced burnout, what are you doing to manage that? You know, what are you, what would you do to counteract that? How do you get yourself out of that burnout stage to become more productive again, so that you can kickstart and go for round two? Yeah, so it's just rest, rest, eating well, um, and yeah, just just try and try and stagger the day, um, so, so you're not in that situation. A little so, Jack Daniels helps, doesn't it? <laughs> a nice little Jack Daniels in the evening helps, though. Yes, that's it. Or, or pink gin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the burnout. And again, everyone. I don't think burnout is a is a bad thing. Like I don't think about mm. if it's needs must at the end of the day. Like if I didn't do the long shifts, if I didn't work as hard as I worked, then I wouldn't have what I have. Uh, that's what it comes down to. So I think yeah, as long as you're not doing this like. For, for like ever like forever and a day then that's unhealthy but as long as you there's a reason behind you doing this this big shift or this big big set of grafting then you you then yeah it, it's kind of justified but yeah to try and get by that you just got to eat well sleep well rest is rest is absolutely key um and just make sure that it's not a permanent thing because the moment you do that then you yeah that's unhealthy you know what? You just need to look at some of the world's best athletes and what do they do? They have a lot of rest. They have a lot of coaches to put them right. They eat good food. What you put in is what you get out. So it's pretty simple when you read about it, but putting it into action can sometimes be the thing that kills us all. I agree. I think, you know what? The the rest kind of thing is quite tough, isn't it, Craig? Because you you feel burnout and you know you should, but you're always kind of a bit like... I'm sure I can do more. I've got something else to do on the to-do list. I've got this, I've got that. And that leads me to my next question, which is as entrepreneurs, do you think we are ever, you know, you said you don't want to hustle till you're 80. Mm. Do you think we're ever actually going to be content? Because we all know the feeling. We're like, oh, you know what? I bought five. I'm happy with it. A month later, you bought two more and you're like, "Eh, let's do another one. Like, are we ever going to stop and be happy? well this is i think it's all down to the individual but uh, i mean i've got a game plan like i mean i'm I've, i mean as you guys know i'm very vocal with it so by the time i'm 50 i want 50 houses um and and the reason for that is because i believe that every property that i buy goes through 
or should go through three stages throughout its whole life cycle. Okay, so I've got this written down so I don't miss this because I wanted to make this a, a big point for your listeners because this is this is gold, I think, and I'm not, not a lot of people talk about it. They talk about the buying process and the strategy once they've got it, but exit strategies um, and, and, and the way the, the, the strategy, why you hold the asset changes throughout its life cycle. So phase one is always getting your money out as quickly as possible. So how do you do that? So I, I buy at the right price, I buy low, and, and, I, value, and I add value cost effectively. Um, so when I do the remortgage, I get a big lump sum back. So usually that would take between, and I'm just using my examples, is um, about one to four years. So that's phase one is getting your money out, right? Then once you've got your money out, you're kind of like, okay, cool. I can use that to, to buy another one, recycle, whatever. Um, but then phase two of that um, property is, is cash flow. So once you've got your money out, it's about right maintaining that, uh, making it profitable every single month and getting as much money out as possible. How, how do I do that? I rent out per room because I think the HMO strategy is the most lucrative um, and secure. And then I change the mortgage on it. And I, well, I keep the mortgage on it as, a, as an interest only. Right. Why do I do that? Because it keeps the monthly payments down. I'm relatively young, so this might not um, apply to people in their, say, 50s, 60s, etc. So this applies to me. I'm 33 years old. Um, so the plan for me is to keep it as an interest only in phase two, keep this property in phase two until I'm about 40 years old. So I've got seven more years, maybe 45. OK, so and then I change it into uh, phase three, which is the payoff phase. So I'm 45 years old. Um, I'm hoping I'm going to live till I'm about 80. So that's, I've, I've, yeah, so I've got 35 years. But then I'm going to change that to um, uh, to a repayment mortgage. So, so, so basically, so from 45, I know this property is going to pay for itself by the time I'm, like, say, 60, 65, 70. Mm. Okay, so... Yes, exactly. So imagine, like that. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so so that, that's what I'm saying. So those are the three stages. So that's just one property. So this is where, this is the big wow moment. Is like, imagine, imagine that's just one property you've got. So when you're 65, you've got one property already paid for. And, and let's just say it's worth 200 grand now. First question is, what's that property going to be worth in 20 years time? And once it's paid off, it could have doubled. So that's 400 grand just for that one property. So now imagine you've got 50 of them to sell. Or fifty of them to cash in on. Cha-ching. You're laughing. Boom, Cha-ching. money. Cha-ching. That's um, it. Pocket full of ones, baby. That's what that is. Or pocket <laughs> full of hundreds, more like. But <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of the plan. And um... well, you could upgrade the Mondeo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never. I love that car. I love that. Car. I love it. it. Craig, yeah, thank so, you. Um... That was that was yeah. Wow, what a plan. What a plan. It's awesome, mate. You know what? You need to get that up as an infographic. If you don't, mm. get it up as an infographic and tag you in it and put your lovely face <laughs> in it because more people need to hear that, mate. Because do you know what? I've worked with a few mentors and I think the best mentors always say the older you get, you want to be having that in line with your age, with your loan to value. You want to be getting mm. that loan to value down as you get older. You don't want to get to 50 and still be having 75% owing. It needs to be coming down as you're getting older so that when you do get to an eventual, some kind of retirement age, you've got very little and your skin in the game is way more than the bank. So if shit ever hits the fan, you're the one giving the bank two fingers and they're not the one calling in loans, calling the shots, basically. 
Well, if they got first charge, I think they'll still fuck us if they need to. Uh, <laughs> that's my cynical view of banks. Um, but look, people, if you're not, you know, um, the age is mentioned here, it just means your plan changes, right? You have to be a bit more aggressive. Perhaps you have to pay it down earlier, whatever. It all yeah. it all kind of fixes. That's so, true. So property developing is, is all, all on where you are at the stage mm-hmm. of your life. Because like phase one, I think, yeah, it's, it's, well, before phase one is like the grafting stage. So it's getting that income, getting that base ready to start buying properties so what do you do you get educated you you get get exposure to sites you get exposure to education to to mentors so you know exactly where you want to go and focus all that energy Um, and then once you buy the asset yeah you just throw it into those three phases and then come what come the end of your retirement you've got a comfy retirement because i think the the pension that that the um the uk offers is it's just wrong it doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why people invest in it. With all due respect, I, I really don't. I'd it's part of society, isn't it? Standard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, it's about mindset, mindset, and that's what we were talking about at the beginning. It's about that shifting and getting educated and see what's possible. So, um, so yeah, guys. You, you know enjoy. what? Just just to add to this, if anybody wants to see a really good example of someone who's been paying down their mortgages over the years, go and have a look at Ordinary Landlord on on, oh, yeah. uh, on yeah. Instagram. And he talks about it all the time. And this is someone who's got a great job as a nine to five in banking. So he's got a huge income coming in. But he's used that not to have a great life, but to come, well, he's had a great life, but to pay down his loans. And he's heading towards 45 and he's in a position where he's only owing 150 grand on a 4 million pound portfolio. And who wouldn't want that? <laughs> that is just Mad. awesome. And it's, 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 it's just going back over what Craig said, paying that loan down, paying that loan down and knowing when to stop. Now he knows what his last target is. He's going to cap it off there. He doesn't want to do anything. I mean, I was on a conversation with him the other day. I said, why don't you just develop your own site? He said, nope. I know where I need to be. I've hit my goal. That's me done. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. This has been enlightening and interesting. Uh, Craig, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to The Property Duo. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.